1: Now, as this pandemic goes on, we are learning more and more about the virus. And one thing that we've been hearing about are the long-term effects of COVID-19. Well, Magella Irwin, a listener to Limerick today, has been in touch with us. She's one of those who's been affected and uh, she is going to tell us about it. Uh, Good morning to you, Magella. Thank you very much for joining us.
0: Uh, Good morning,
1: Joe. So when did you get COVID-19?
0: Well... I can't really. I, I, all I know, Joe, is from the starting of last December, I rapidly went downhill. And I was admitted to um, the regional And in February the 14th. Uh, my face had swollen. My hands had swollen. I had a very bad cough. And they didn't know what was wrong. I was transferred into St. John's for seven days. And they didn't know what I had. So they put it down to pneumonia. So I was discharged. And uh, I went downhill from there on. You were discharged. Uh, yeah, I was discharged. Yeah, because they literally just over being on chemo. I'm on chemo for eight years, and I have diverticulitis. So they were putting it down to that, and they were putting it down to everything. You see, the COVID they didn't think it would have reached Ireland so quickly, but I did think it did.
1: So, so you, I, you, so they never confirmed to you that it was COVID nineteen.
0: No, nothing. So, John, so you
1: would no. you would you believe you had it?
0: I'd say I did the very starting of it, Joe. The very, very starting.
1: And of when it, was that?
0: Uh, February.
1: Right, so that would have been extremely early, yeah.
0: Yeah. So the end of, um, in starting of February, March and April, I was out for nothing but antibiotics. And my GP now, in fairness, Dr. Kennedy, wanted me to go out to the regional hospital. He gave me letter after letter to be admitted, and I wouldn't go.
1: And did your I GP guess, believe you had
0: COVID-19? No, he didn't know either. Like, he didn't know.
1: So you you would have had underlying conditions, as you've explained.
0: Yeah, yeah, you see. So I'm on the chemo, and I'm waiting for a major operation to have the colon removed. So uh, I was constantly on antibiotics, and I think that kind of slowed down the pace of the COVID. I don't know. But it all took a turn in for the worse in April. I was just literally exhausted. and a very bad cough couldn't even move, so I just literally could not even get off past the couch. So then, I can't remember much, only my husband saying something about calling an ambulance, and I thought I was dreaming all of this. And when the ambulance went came in, it was like it was spinning around the room, and I could just vaguely remember hearing him say, well, if you don't want to come, we'll be coming back in a day or two, and it'll be a different story. I remember just sitting in the ambulance. I don't remember going out to the regional. I don't remember anything, and um, even being put into a cubicle and brought up to a ward, I don't remember a thing about that. Um,
1: and were you tested for COVID at that point? No. This, but you had it. You said you had a cough. Yeah. And I mean, did you say anything about COVID?
0: Didn't Joe because it wasn't kind highlighted much in Limerick at the time. Ah, but that, that, that was I mean? a, that was
1: April, now, Magella. I mean, that that you know that was at the height of lockdown.
0: Yeah. But they didn't, like, It's it is only the regional hospital, would you believe? I can't remember getting tested for it. I would have remembered that, like, because it's a very severe kind of a test, like, you know. And I do remember, while, I don't remember being in the cubicle, because I didn't even know where I was. But I know it sounds funny now and crazy, but I was actually sitting down, and I thought I had four little baby hamsters in my hands. Huh, I know. So I got a phone call. And I can remember from a girl from the central disease control and all that. And while I was in there, I answered the phone and she said, Are you, Michelle Irwin? I said, I am. She you've been tested positive for the COVID. I said, what? Because I hadn't remember going for a test. I don't generally remember going for a test. Because if I did, well, then naturally I would have got the results.
1: And, and so, was this why you were in the hospital?
0: Yeah. I was brought out to the regional because... The ambulance men, they looked at me, they said, and they looked, just one look at me, my face was snow white and I was shaking like a
1: leaf and I was coughing badly. Yeah. that's what I mean, ca- me. coughing is, is one of the classic symptoms, as we know, of uh, COVID-19. So you don't remember being tested, but then you did get a phone call to confirm yeah. that you did have it. And yeah. and this was why you were still in hospital in April. Yeah.
0: But
1: and, and and, and, and did, did that change how you were being treated in the hospital? It
0: did. Because when I opened the cubicle, I can remember Professor Lines, and I said, all I can remember, he saying to me, we'll be sending you down to St. John's. And I said, how can you be sending me down to St. John's? And after I have a phone, I have the girl here on the line stating that I had the COVID-19. I've been tested positive. And after that, I can't remember a thing. So
1: and where you, where you moved?
0: I was straight up to, um. Now I can't remember it, but they brought me straight up. I was totally later on all of this. Uh, to, to 2D but one of the doctors came in he said during the night and he saw me and he had a fright. I was rushed straight down to ICU and my family were notified they had me uh, next to the red bed they call it uh, to be resuscitated oh, yes yes and um, now I don't remember a thing Joe they said to just cut everything yeah. off to trying to get um, my temperature and, down and,
1: right and we're chatting to Magella Irwin and what about your husband
0: my husband was tested positive, but he had no symptoms.
1: And was that after you were confirmed as having had it? Yeah. So he had yeah. no symptoms?
0: No symptoms whatsoever, Joe. The man never smoked, drank in his life, but he had no symptoms. He just had a cough. And he got tested himself. He went out and he got tested and he was positive.
1: H- and Magella, how long did it take you to get through the initial stages of COVID-19? How do you mean, Joe? Well, in, in terms of obviously, thankfully, you're with us, so you, <laughs> no. you, you managed to get through the, 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 the first phase of it.
0: Oh, George it was horrific. You know, I can remember the first time I can remember is waking up, and I was hooked up to about everything. And I actually thought I was in a warehouse, I could see the, re- the orange lights from the road. And I actually thought I was in a warehouse when I worked for a drug company. That's where I oh. thought I was in the middle of.
1: And, and did they have to ventilate you at any stage? A couple of... No. Oh, they did, yeah. Did
0: they, they, they They had
1: to put a tube, did they?
0: They did, yeah. I had a whole works, Joe. Right. Everything. And, and... And how long were you in the hospital? I was five weeks in ICU. Five weeks in ICU? Yeah. And they... Now, I didn't know this at the time, Joe... But they told my husband that it was sunny, 50-50. They didn't right. think I was going to make it, like, you know, over the underlying conditions mm. and everything and,
1: else. And, 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 I mean, when they moved you from ICU, did you still stay in the hospital for longer?
0: Yeah, I had to stay four weeks in, in isolation again.
1: So you were nine think. You were nine weeks in hospital?
0: Yeah, nearly three months,
1: exactly. Nearly three months yeah. after being diagnosed, or at the point you were diagnosed yeah. with COVID-19 in April. Um, yes. and, and since you've come home, what's it been like?
0: Terrible. Nobody prepares you for the aftermath of it, Joe. No one. and You actually think, it, like, I mean, I love going out, and I love going up. My brother's special needs he's in Bon and I've never missed a visit to him. I couldn't even drive. I had not been outside the door since the 6th of July, because I'm initially afraid to go out. I'm afraid of people coming in. I'm getting panic attacks. And I'm in oxygen for 16 hours a day. And um, it's life-changing. The mood swings. Well, I don't mean, you know, I don't drink. I gave up cigarettes in February after smoking nearly 50 years. And uh, it's very, very life-changing, Joe. Very life-changing. I can't believe it even myself. It completely changed me. No matter what I try or says the next day, no, I'm going to go out today. I'm going to get dressed. I'm going to go out today. I can't do it. I just can't do it. And my GP, I haven't been over the surgery since February, but I can ring him, like. So I was ringing him constantly because I was just panicking because I didn't know what was wrong. Was it me or what was happening? And he said, no, I had PTSD, severe form of it.
1: Post-traumatic stress, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, he said that my body had taken a pounding.
1: Right. And what is your message then to people, who, some of whom might contact this show from time to time, and say, ah, look, you know, it, at no. worst, it's a little bit of a flu?
0: No, Joe, that's all completely... I would have been the very first one. to said that months ago. But if, but I'll tell you one thing, Joe. When it knocks on your door, and, and that's when I'm a hero, and please feel sorry for me, but I will tell you something... I would not wish it on my worst enemy. It was the most horrific. It's the aftermath. It's, it's, it's worse than the virus itself, Joe. You're not prepared for it. And then when I was in hospital, my lung deflated and I developed pneumonia. This was in the an ICU. And um, I was always prone to chest infections and I was in of hospital quite a number of times with pneumonia. But uh, this, I have never experienced anything like it. And people are the youngsters, and I know I can understand it, Joe. They're taking it for granted that it's not going to happen to them. But they don't realize they could be the carriers. They don't realize when they're going someplace that they could have it. I mean, this cluster, I've seen the news. I mean, I'm actually obsessed with watching uh, the news to see how many deaths got forbidden, how many new cases. Because I did say when the restrictions were lifted, I said, that's it. You know, I said, it's a cousin of mine. We're finished. It's going to come back, I said, and it's going to come back worse. And um, people think, you know, I mean, people think automatically. Like, I mean, I live now where I'm living in Flood Street. My neighbours are brilliant. But I'm afraid to go to their house. And a friend of mine, Margaret, she's very good to me. And they phone me and my friend Danielle. And, I mean, I'd be afraid of them to come in here, Joe. Because I'd be afraid, it, you get the feeling the whole time, you're just obsessed with going around, washing the handles, the doors, spraying all here. I mean, it's totally, you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: but mind you, the tarnish to Leo Varadkar did say this week, if you can remember how many times in a day you've washed your hands, because of COVID-19, you haven't washed your hands enough. So, no. Magella, I mean, do you think you're going to feel better within the next few weeks?
0: I don't know, Joe. I generally don't know. I mean, I have good friends, like, and they're trying, but I'm just afraid to go outside the door. I'm afraid I'm going to get it again because I said you can't, but you can. Now, I was watching a program there where in India, they were using the blood, the plasma and everything. Now, I wouldn't give pints of blood because that's where I get taken, but I can't because over the polycythemia I have, which is cancer of the blood, and it's the rarest form. I mean, and have to take a pint of blood every now and then in the oncology. You know, the platelets get very high, yeah. and um, I'd willingly give my blood in the morning if it was okay, because I generally don't know how, with the problems I have, survived. Right. I generally
1: don't um, know, Joe. Well, just I mean, on a slightly positive note, I know you want to wish our own Declan Copus well. He's. Um, oh, I do. Yeah, I
0: know Declan years. Yeah, yeah.
1: how is he? He's good. He's good. Yeah. Yeah. He's good. He did his last afternoon show for us um yesterday, Magella. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you the to only him thing
0: with. I have to say, Joe, is that um to the young people and anyone, I mean you have to you have to take care. You have to bite by I know Leo Veradiger, he was brilliant like inside Harris. And I can't falter them, Joe. I cannot falter them. They were brilliant like I mean they you know, I mean I can actually see us going into a second lockdown this level one, two, three, and 4, 5 I mean, you, how are you going to you tell that to the virus? You
1: know what I mean? Well, yeah. you, well, well, well look, Michelle Irwin, thank you very much for talking to us this morning. We wish you well. You're still living with the long term effects of COVID-19 as you explained, um, uh, having got it in hospital and you had uh, really a tough, tough time in ICU and spent uh, months in hospital as a result of COVID-19 so it is a warning to all of us. To be extremely careful with this virus. Uh, Magella, thanks a million. Limerick
0: today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease, hassle free vehicle leasing. Search Ford
1: Lease to find out more.